All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Lester Hayes and Pastor Sharon Hayes up early this morning, coming at you this morning, all excited this morning because we've invited the Holy Ghost to join us this morning. We've stirred him up. We got him moving. and We're already hearing from him this morning because he's already moving and God is moving by his spirit and we're moving with the Holy Ghost this morning. And I tell you, I feel his presence. We welcome him this morning. And I pray, this is my prayer, Ben, been ever since I realized back night, uh, back in the 90s when I first got baptized and filled and sealed and healed and, and, and gave, given the victory by the Holy Ghost, that my desire, my prayer has always been that every believer will be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, which is God, uh, the, the, the third person of the Godhead body, God, the Holy Ghost. He is a person. He's real. You know, he, he knows the mind and the will of God. He also knows what's going on in our mind. And he is basically the intellect of every soul once we receive him, because without him, our soul don't stand a chance. That's why Jesus came to save our soul. And then he turned us over to him, you know, spirit, body and soul. And so the Holy Ghost is that intellect. He he keeps our soul from going back out there doing the things that it used to do through conviction what gets us in trouble. And he's constantly reminding us that we're saved, that Jesus saved us. You know, he constantly reminds us of what the promise and the hope and the thoughts of him. He brings it all back to our remembrance because this is what Jesus taught while he was physically on this earth as a son of man and then glorified as a son of God. Amen. And he sent this promise to us, which was, you know, the promise of the father, which they sent back to us, which was the Holy Ghost. And the Bible calls him in the book of John chapter 14, calls him the spirit of truth because that's all he deals with. That's all he reminds us of because Jesus was the way to truth in the life while he was with us. And so the Holy Ghost reminds us of that all the time. Amen. So that we don't continue to be led away with the lust of our eye, the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. And so we have an intellectual who knows everything past, present and future and is willing to teach us, to guide us, to counsel us, to bring all that back to us so that we don't get caught up in the soulish realm like we used to trying to please the flesh. And so some, that's, that leads to strongholds. Amen. And so we're going to be talking about dealing with, again, uh, this morning, strongholds, uh, how to win the spiritual battles, because we know everything going on right now, it's a spiritual battle, even though we see it in the natural. We know that there's an influence behind it, especially if it's evil especially if it's evil. Now, God sent goodness, even in evil situation, to test our faith. He don't tempt us, but he tries to test us. Satan tries to take opportunity as he's going back and forth, seeking whom he may devour. Some person that's not operating in the intellect of the spirit and just going with how they feel, and sometimes they've done it so long, it becomes a pattern, it becomes a behavior, it becomes fortified, and it turns and grows and develops into a stronghold, and we got to do something about it. We got to unravel all that so you can go free. We got to tear that down, pull that down, break that up, cast that out, so you can think, you know, like you're supposed to think that the, the mind of Christ Jesus cannot come in. And coming into no place is all messed up. You got to clean it, you got to renew it, you got to get it right, break some things, free you from some things, get some things cast out of your mind. Uh, so that you can function properly by thinking on those things that are above, those things that are good, honest, true, and lovely, those things that be of a good report, if there be any virtue, we think on these things so that our heart and our minds may be kept in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so the Holy Ghost helps remind us all the time of all that the Father has promised us because he does not want us to be snared by those old negative thoughts, those old evil thoughts, 
things that come out of an unregenerate spirit. He don't want us to be snared and bound by that. So he comes to help us to learn how to talk, to help us to learn how to be quiet if we don't talk. He'll come and convict us. He'll come and make us agitate about things that we don't do, that we know it ain't right. And then the Holy Ghost will come and convict us and let you know it ain't right. What he's trying to do is reprove us. He's trying to correct us. He's trying to instruct us in righteousness. That's why we don't feel good about it sometimes. And, you know, and so the Holy Ghost is right there to try to help us to bring us back in line. So we thank God this morning for the third person of God here by the Holy Ghost, our guide, our counselor, the one that is greater in us than he that is in the world. And so he gives us that dutimous power to help us sometimes to press on toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We just got to get our minds stayed on him that we might have perfect peace, not frustration, not agitation, not trauma and drama back and forth with each other, warring against each other. But we want to be able to keep our minds stayed on the Lord, that we may have that perfect peace that transcends all understanding that garrisons and mouths guard over our heart in our mind in Christ Jesus. So let's just pray this morning as we welcome all of our prayer warriors, intercessors, our watch men and women on the wall this morning watching out for what God is doing, wanting to be a part of it this morning. And we know the Holy Ghost is already here to order our steps, our, our thoughts this morning bringing us in agreement with the will of the Father this morning. I just appreciate him. I asked him to help me to pray as I ought to pray because I don't know how to pray, but I know that he's been an intercessor for me according to the will of God. And I felt the unctions. I felt the utterance even last night that he was right there, man, and he wanted to speak and say something. And he began to talk to me in the Holy Ghost. And he said, look, you know, can, is there room for me in all of this? Is there room for me on your prayer line? Is there room for me in the church? Is there room for me anymore in the hearts of believers? Is there any more room for me? And, uh, and I said, we're going to make room for your Holy Ghost. You were invited. You, we, we will follow your lead. And it's like, you know, this relationship began to be reminded. He reminded me that I have a relationship with him. And so this morning we came on board and invited him, and I know he's here, and we want to hear what he's got to say. And so let's just pray this morning and get us started. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Well, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Now, Holy Ghost. We thank you for showing up. We thank you for being here. We thank you already for letting your presence be known. And we welcome you. We ask you to stay here. And don't you go nowhere, Holy Ghost. Just have your way this morning. We ask you to speak this morning to every heart, mind, and ear that is on this prayer call this morning. Even those that are out there on our podcast, the 39 or 40 platforms we have. And wherever this message is reaching this morning, wherever there's an individual that's going to hit play today. Holy Ghost, I pray you take this message today and you unravel some thoughts. You, you unwind some people that are all tangled up and dealing with drama and trauma and back and forth. They're living their life right between the, 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 the boundaries of drama and trauma and back and forth, wrestling all entangled with, 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 with the affairs of life and the concerns of this world. But Holy Ghost, I thank and help and praise you this morning for you are our helper this morning. You are our guide. You are our lead. You're the, you're the, you're the, the paraclete that walks alongside of us, that you're the, the promise of the Father. You're never going to leave us up forsaken. So we know you're here right now. So Holy Ghost, we thank you for interceding for us now. Now, we ask you to help us right now to get through this uh, teaching this morning and just shine some light on it this morning, release revelation on it this morning, and we'll be so careful to give your name all the praise and glory and honor. Father, we thank you for sending us your precious gift of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for 
all those nine gifts of the spirit that he brought with him to edify the, the body. We thank you for the nine fruit of the spirit that he brought. And so, Father, we just thank you this morning because we have everything that we need this morning. We've been, we've been healed. We've been sealed. We've been made free. And we have the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we give you all the praise and glory and honor for that. In Jesus' name, we thank you this morning. Amen. And so, you know, this is uh, Thursday morning, April the 23rd. And, uh, you know, 6, uh, 30 in the morning or six o'clock in the morning. And we just give God praise this morning for all of us gathering. We've been on a topic talking about strongholds, you know, spiritual warfare, battling against strongholds, spiritual strongholds. And, uh, previous lessons, we have defined what those strongholds are. We're not going to insult your intelligence this morning. You have access to go back and listen to those, but I want to pick this discussion up this morning about how to win our spiritual battles. Because we have already determined and established that every battle that we're going to fight from this day forward uh, is going to be a spiritual battle. And we got to be able to discern things in the spirit realm. And we said that God wants every believer to ask him for the spirit, uh, uh, the ability to spiritually discern things that are going on. And if we don't ask God, we don't receive. And so I'm praying this morning that, uh, you know, that we receive the, the, the gift of spiritual discernment. So we can discern between what is right and what is wrong. In other words, we have a part to play too. You can't just always blame the devil. Some people sometimes say, but that devil come again. Right then and there, you're appealing to those thoughts in your mind because you're thinking about the devil when you should be thinking about the Lord. You know, and before you know it, you keep doing that. Every attack on you is not the devil. And so, so many times, you know, we open the door and invite him to think it's him and he's going to come and take a seat at your table and reason with you when you should be reasoning with God. You could be, should be consulting in your thoughts with him, letting your thoughts come in alignment and agreeing with the will of God for you. And that's when the Holy Ghost will come in and he'll put a seal on it, you know, where you, where you, where you get trapped with a negative thought. Holy Ghost will come in there, man, and, and, and trap you, man, with something good. That's why I said always think on those things that are above. Think on those things that are good and honest and true and lovely. Those things that be of, of a good report and if there be any virtue, think on those things that your heart and your mind might be kept because a double-minded man is going to be unstable in all of his ways. You just can't, you just can't have both of those things going on in your mind at the same time. You'll go crazy. You know, you'll go crazy. So you have to have the mind of Christ Jesus. That Philippians uh, 2 and 5 says, let. You have to let. God ain't twisting your arm, ain't forcing. He said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. In other words, let my thoughts come in agreement with his will. Let my thoughts come in agreement with his will. I always, you know, want to be in agreement with what God said because that's the only thing that matters in the end. Only thing that matters in the end. And the way you get around that, the way you secure that win and that victory over that, you have to learn immediately if that's a high thing that's, that's, that's trying to go above what I know about God, immediately cast it down, immediately bind it if you know to. Because when it's bound in earth, it's bound in heaven. And you have to do those things like spontaneously, just like we say the devil. We say, here come the devil again. See how quick we said that? Because that's how we're thinking. In Proverbs 23 and 7 says, a man think of in his heart, so is he. We go on to become that way because we're thinking that way. But if I renew the mind and change my mind, I change what I do. I change my outcome. I change my behavior. I change what I say because everything begins with that thought. And then it becomes that word. And then it becomes that habit. Then it becomes that behavior. Then it becomes that lifestyle. Now my character, man, is not to please God, but it's running from the devil. Because everything is about the devil, and it's not. Sometimes it's just the way I think it is. 
Amen. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we want to learn today how to win over spiritual strongholds. All that stuff going on up there in my mind that's trying to exalt itself, that have fortified itself. It's got walls in my mind so nothing can get over it, nothing can get under it, nothing can get around it. I got such walls up there. I'm resisting everything that, that God is trying to push my way because I have just built such a such a uh, uh, understanding about the devil is every time I something go wrong, it's the devil. Pastor, you don't know, it's the devil. He's on my back. Here he comes again. And before you know it, you done built such a stronghold up there in your mind. It's hard and difficult for truth to get in there. Amen. And so, I'm, and I'm going to tell you how I know that because a lot of times when people come to you and they say, Pastor, did that devil is busy again? And you try to just be patient and listen because you want to discern what you're dealing with. I'm all about the spirit I'm dealing with. You know, I'm listening to you, but I know that there's a spirit behind him, especially when the first thing come out of your mind. Pastor, that devil is busy again. He had me, he after me again, Pastor. And so I'm trying to see how high that wall is in your mind because, you know, I, 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 I like this Holy Ghost scale wall to rescue somebody. The Holy Ghost will scale a wall. You know, he's good. He, you know, he's good. He's a paraclete. He'll go over that wall to get in your mind and try to free you. And so I have to listen sometimes so I can discern what kind of wall I'm dealing with here. Amen. Before I speak sometime, I want to know what to cast out. I want to know what to bind up. And so a lot of times we just have to listen, man, because we know there's some activity going on there. And a lot of times um, you just got to let people talk and you'll be able to discern what's going on. So we want to learn how to win, you know, over these spiritual battles. Amen. And so we got to use these spiritual weapons to do that. Amen. And so victory is always possible for a child of God. That's the first thing you got to try to convince people and convince yourself that victory is always possible for the child of God, for the believer. Victory is always possible. Amen. Victory is always possible. Now, let me say, let me, let me, let me clear that. We already have the victory, but if you don't think you have the victory, it is possible, but it might not ever happen for you because God has already given us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so what is the relationship between what I'm thinking and Jesus Christ? It's what I think it is. You know, it's what I think it is. And if I think it's the devil, okay, then I have the same ability to think about Jesus, and so all I have to do is change what I'm thinking, put my mind on him. And probably, you know, as, as Isaiah 26 and 3 says, he whose mind is stayed on the Lord, God will keep him in perfect peace. That's a perfect peace, man. It goes way beyond our understanding. You will know it when it comes. Amen. But you got to put your mind on it. You got to take your mind off of Satan and put your mind on Jesus. Man, that is so simple right there. So that means that until I do that, the victory only remains possible. I want it to be a reality. So I got to pull my thoughts in agreement with God's will. And God's will is not that I be defeated. God's will is that I conquer, that I be an overcomer. And I know how that overcome. First of all, I got the blood of the lamb working for me. Second, I got to have his word as my testimony. I got to say what thus says the Lord. Why? It's because I'm trying to change the way I think. I'm trying to scale that wall that had been built up in my mind that I helped lay blocks on. I'm trying to get that torn down. I'm trying to break that down. I'm trying to crash that. I'm trying to tear that thing down. Walls do fall, y'all. A lot of the times they're built up in my mind because I've thought that way so long that I have not taught myself how to think any other way. And I did most of that thinking absent from the word. In other words, I only grabbed my Bible when it got that bad. 
Had I to grab my Bible while I was in the building process, I would have been able to build my thoughts on things above. I'd have been able to build my thoughts on the building blocks of the word, you know. And that's the stronghold I want in my mind that is fortified, that it can block out anything foreign, anything that's not of God. I can recognize it when it hits that wall and it falls. And I say, amen, praise the Lord, you know. And, and, and then sometimes when they find a crack in the wall, because you always got to pull maintenance on your wall, it may be a crack in there, you know, you got to be able to make sure you pull maintenance on a regular basis, amen, so that the enemy don't find them cracks. Why? He going back and forth because he, 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 he knows who I used to be. He don't know who I am right now, and he don't know who I'm going to be. So he waiting on me to make that one mistake and relate one little headache to the devil. And once he hears it, like, hey, all right, all right, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, you know. And then he might come and say, what about the devil? And now you start thinking about all the ways, you know, because every attack is not about the devil. Remember that. So don't give him that credit, you know. Make him sweat. Make him earn Make him earn your, 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 your conversation. Don't just give in so easy. Don't give him all that credit. He's under your feet anyway. He's under your feet anyway. And if you're feeling bad, say, man, I feel good today. If you're broke, say, man, I'm rich in my father. Come on, if you're poor, say, man, I'm rich. If you're weak, say, man, I'm strong today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Keep him always thrown off and confused. But at the same time, think about those building blocks. Think about what kind of wall you're building now. Amen. Speaking those things that be not as though they are. Because I'm trying to win over this spiritual stronghold. So victory is always possible for a child of God. You know, so we have to learn to fight from the position of victory, not for the victory. Okay, knowing here's how you do it, knowing that victory is already mine. You read First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. You got to know that so that your thoughts don't go crazy when it feel like you, you know, that you, you, you know, that you're getting weak or you're losing or, or, or the attack is so strong and you just freak out and you think, oh, my God, I've been here before. I did this before. Here come that same old thing. You don't have to say that. You say that because you feel that. Get out of your feelings. Don't let your feelings dictate. You have, you have authority over your feelings. You have control over your feelings. You train your feelings because your feelings is a reflection of how you think you feel. It's not really all the time how you feel. It's just how you think you feel. It's like saying this right here. Oh, man, here it come again. But that's just life. But you don't have to say that. You speak the things that be not. Let them come. Because if you don't speak them, they're not going to happen. You know, they're not going to happen. When you speak the word of God concerning a situation, Lord, you said with your stripes, I'm healed. Eventually, that healing going to manifest. But if you never say it, you know, it might and it might not. It's always possible for the believer. But how many times will you, are you willing to say it, believe it, and keep saying it, keep confessing it, till it manifests? You know, you know just because things get delayed sometimes don't mean to think, for me to think that they cancel, you know, just know that sometime, you know, God is working on me. He's trying to get me to a place. He's trying to strengthen my faith. And all the time for the believer, there's a possibility that I have the victory. It will come when God is ready for me to have it. Amen. And so uh, we have to always be ready because it already belongs to us. It already belongs to us, okay? That's a done deal. Jesus already paid it. It's already done. So the victory is ours through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But a lot of times our minds are not thinking that way. 
Okay, because when you look in 1 Corinthians, like I said, 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 57, the King James Bible, listen to what the Father says, amen. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I know he's talking about here what's going to happen in the future when it's time for a believer, when a believer transitions out of here, okay, God is already saying, I'm going to give you a new body. I'm going to take away all the tears and the pain. Well, if I know that's my future, amen, so I know it's based on what happened in the past, then I know it can be the same right now. So if I have the victory then and I had the victory because Jesus finished it on the cross, what am I worrying about right now? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But I got to teach my mind to know them. Why? Because I look in the scripture and renew my mind in the things of God, not the things of the world but the things of God. And so I do that now. Faith is right now. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Now think about what you just heard. What you just heard. Get that in your head. What you just heard. Start thinking about that. I already have the victory, so I don't have to fight for no victory. I already have it. I just got to teach my mind and renew my mind what I already have. Okay, it was based on Jesus' finished work on the cross, paid it full. It's mine already. And it's going to be mine once I leave this life, if I endure to the end, I got to start thinking about it right now so that I'm constantly reminding myself and I don't forget it. I'm not here fighting for no victory. Jesus already did. And he made a show of Satan openly. He spoiled his principality. That means he can't rule or dominate in no believer's life because the possibility of victory is always there. Always there. Let me show you how, how this works. Jesus was a man. He was the, he was a son of man being led by the Holy Ghost, full of power, going into the wilderness. And what did he say? He said, it is written. Bam. You know, it is written. He would not let his mind look at Satan and give Satan any credit. But the way he talked to Satan was he was, that was victory talk, y'all. That was victory language. He said, it is written, you know, that man shall not live by bread alone, Satan. But by every now the man has been fasting. You would think he's weak right now, but he's talking a very strong conversation because he knew something. He was in on something. His mind was thinking something, you know. His mind was thinking what well, he was being led by the Holy Ghost. And he was speaking based on the power. The Bible said, and he was full of power. He was full. You know. And usually what you got your heart full of, your thoughts full of, is what's gonna come out of your mouth. I'm trying to help you right here. That's why we say hide this word in our hearts that we don't sin against God. You know, renew your mind in the things of God, not the things of the world. It's a reason. You know, my heart sinning against God, my mouth sinning against God, my thoughts sinning against God. How in the world am I going to win? How in the world is a victory going to get through all of that? It's fighting and struggling with my feelings, my emotions. God done save your soul. You have victory. You're intelligent. You have an intelligent spirit of God, God that's inside of you. And you got to let him sometimes tell you what to say. Sometimes he'll tell you to be quiet, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord at work in your life. But if I don't train my mind and renew my mind to I, that I have all of this available to me, trying to help me win over the spiritual stronghold, not give in to it. Amen. So let's go a little further here. We can only live and sustain and maintain a victorious life by putting our trust in God's Son, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, no other Savior. Our victorious Christian life is not a perfect life, but a faithful one. 
because I faithfully come right back to what God said every time. I, I don't care how that pain hurts me, whether it's spiritual, emotional, financially. I don't care how, how many times that lust of the eye begins to try to attack me, that lust of the flesh, that pride of life. I'm always going to come right back to that. I got the victory over you. I have the victory over you. If I don't declare it, I don't think it. Chances are that wall will start to build in my mind. And before you know it, I got a stronghold that I got to deal with that I basically created. So I always got to come back to that. Amen. Not perfect, but faithful. Okay. <clears throat> and I must be found faithful because we all make tons of mistakes all the time. And we constantly feel the pain and hurt that comes with our mistakes and shortcomings. I'm here to tell you. But that does not mean that you don't have the victory because you feel a certain way. Okay, but we do not succumb to our strongholds. Nevertheless, we just keep it moving. As Pastor Phoebe says sometimes, do a Kim on them. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Fighting from the position of victory. Don't try to move forward if you don't think you have the victory. Okay, that's like self-defeat. Make sure you know what you're doing when you move forward. Sometimes the victory is just standing still and see the salvation of God. Sometimes it's just studying to be quiet and keep your mouth shut, mind your own business. You know, sometimes we give so much information. The enemy is sitting there, man, he got a recorder. He recorded everything you said and ain't not one scripture in it. It's, you don't know how they provoked me. You don't know what the pain they caused me. You don't know what they did to me, Pastor. You know, you know, you don't want the, the, the enemy once you say, you know, to use all those things against you because those are walls that he's building. You'll never, you'll be trapped with that. Proverbs 6 and 2 said that we're snared by the words of our mouth. We're taken by the words of our mouth. We give him the ammunition to defeat us. We're trying to win. Remember that we're trying to win and it starts in the mind. Okay. Being confident, being confident. Okay. That ability to fight from the position of, of victory, you know, fight. Of, it's a good fight of faith. That's all it is. But it's also being confident in this very thing that he who has begun a good work in us will continue to perform. Notice that he will continue to perform. He needs your cooperation, though. He needs you to think about what he's performing. So it'll, be, it'll actually be acted out, and you will recognize it when it manifests. That walk, that work, we have to do that work until the day of Jesus Christ. So we got to work it out now with fear and trembling, but we also got to endure to the end to see what the end is going to be. We hear that all the time, but that's our walk by faith. Amen. It does not yet appear what it's going to be, but it's one thing we know. We left from where we used to be, and I ain't got no business going back, looking back, putting my hand to the plow. Luke 9, 62. Say, any man looking back and putting his hand to the plow, grabbing them old thoughts, grabbing them old ideas, them old struggles, trying to remind myself that this got something to do with that. He said, if you put your hand to that every time you look back because something happens right now in your, in your present moment, you become unfit for the kingdom of God. Luke 9, 62. He said, you become unfit. Why? Because I'm looking back. I'm thinking about what used to be. That's why I love what Pastor Eric said, man. He said, I cleaned up. Pastor Phil, they said, we got rid of book. We got rid of all that stuff. And they want to look back to it. All them old pictures of you being in the club and drinking. Some folks pull that stuff out sometimes and sit and spend hours just looking at that stuff when you should have been in your word, renewing your mind. You know, you know, you know. And so we, 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 we can't look back, put out. Lot wife did that against what God had told her. And she was turned into a pillar of salt. Now, Lot and his two daughters, they made it out of there because they heard what God said. They kept their mind on where they were going. They kept it moving. 
You know, they didn't look back. Mm -hmm. God said, don't look back. You know, don't be concerned about what's behind you. Paul said, forget those things that are behind us. And he said, reach for the things that are before us, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, reminding us that he's the way, the truth, and the life. Our victory has already been secured. It's been paid in full. And don't just let the victory be possible for you. Let's make it a reality. Let's think on those things that he told us to. Let's think about that victory. You know, being confident in this very thing, that he who had begun a good work, it was a good work. Salvation was a good work whenever it started. It was a good work. He's going to continue to do a good work in us, perform it until he comes back. So where is your confidence? You got to make sure you know where your confidence is at. It's in the victory that I already have through Jesus Christ. Our confidence is in the Lord. We pray and declare God's victory every time, every situation, because we pray according to God's word and his promises. So don't forget that. Matter of fact, the scripture says in the book of Philippians chapter one, verses five and seven, the King James Bible, it says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That day he comes back to get you. He already have ownership of you now, so he should be able to come back and get what belongs to him. Amen. But we want to make sure that we know he's coming back and I'm waiting on him in faith. Even as it is meet for me to think this of all you, this Paul talking to the Philippians, <coughs> because I have you in my heart. And as much as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. Paul is saying, look, what he did for me, he'll do the same thing for you. Paul said, but I'm constantly thinking about what he did, just like I'm talking to you now about what he did. I ain't talking to you about specifically my problems that I went through, the things I did. Paul said, that's not important anymore. I'm confirming the gospel. It was the gospel that freed me. That's why later on he wrote to the Roman church in chapter one of Romans, verse 16. He said, I now know the confirmation of your victory. It comes through the power of the gospel. It is the power of God and the salvation for all who shall believe. But how can y'all believe it? Apostle, you're just like me. All I heard was what Caesar was going to do if I didn't do X, Y, and Z. All I heard. He said, but now guess what? I've heard, I've heard the truth now, been made free by it. I had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, on the road to Damascus. I'm free now. And Paul said, now my, my gospel right now is his gospel, and it's, it's what's going to confirm who, who you can be, you know. But he's saying you got to let him begin that work in you. You got to let him continue to perform that work in you. You got to be confident that he's doing a good work in you. Don't get in the way. Don't try to go back and revisit old stuff. Don't invite them old feelings to come back. Don't get yourself all twisted up. Just because sometimes it just seems like things are, uh, are look one way, but it ain't always the way it looks. It's, it's always, though, the way God says it. That's, that's, that's the manifestation. That's the only reality right there that matters in the end. Only what he said. And you want to always get run to his perspective on everything. He's given us everything to enjoy, not to be tormented, but to enjoy that pertains to life and godliness. Anything outside of that, it will torment you. Anything outside of what God has given you, it will cause problems. But he's given us enough that pertain to life and godliness to enjoy for the rest of our life until he comes. But we got to think about that. New things come all the time from God. 
But if you're not thinking about that and God is constantly doing a new thing because he's fulfilling his word, you won't do nothing but bog down with old stuff. Too many people right now are bound in their mind. You know why? Because they're thinking about going back to the way it was. They missing it. I miss that old life. <clears throat> you know, I don't miss it. Don't want to go back to it. Not when God is doing a new thing. You know, his thoughts we know toward us are good. They're not evil. You know, they're thoughts of peace to bring us to an expected end that we might have a hope in a future. I don't forgot everything that's behind me. And I'm not speaking literally, I'm speaking spiritually. I know, I know how I got over. I know where I came from. But every time something comes up, I'm not addressing it based on that. I'm trying to see what, it is, what is the test before me. Can I be found faithful in that? Not perfect, but faithful. Can I be faithful to the promises of God? Can I be faithful to keep my mind stayed on him? Can I be faithful to say, thank you, Jesus, that this too is going to turn around and work out together for my good? Can I be faithful to say, uh-uh, in the name of Jesus, I cast you down right now. Whatever that thought is, it's not of God. You know when it's not of God. Cast it down. Crush it. Destroy it. Rip it up. Pull it down. Don't let it build that wall. Don't let it lay them blocks in your mind. That ain't the place for it. That is not the place for it because God is laying blocks and he's doing a good work. He's trying to build you up into a spiritual man, a spiritual woman that's going to fit into a spiritual house. So let's go a little further here. Second um, Corinthians, the book of Second Corinthians, chapter two, verse 14, King James Bible says it like this. Now, thanks be unto God, which always, listen to me now, which always, okay, the remember the victory is always possible for every believer, but I got to get that in my mind because here's the deal. He will always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Okay. And he maketh manifest the savior of his knowledge by us in every place. I don't care where you at right now. All of us in different geographical places, but you got just as much God there can do just as much for you there as he can do for us here. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's all powerful, all knowing. There's no place that we'll ever be that God is not there, been there, and will be there because he's omnipresent. And if God is there, I ought to be thinking about why is he here? Not why he ain't here, but why is he here? Because we know, I'm telling you something, it's amazing to me every time a storm come up or something tragic happens, you, the natural things are going to happen because we live in a world. That's natural. So natural things are going to happen. Catastrophes are going to happen. Chaos is going to show up. Okay? It's just going to happen. That's just a natural cycle of life. Because think about what Jesus said. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. And so don't freak out when you see these things, you know? But he says he wants that knowledge to be known in every place. One thing is never going to change. That's the word of God. And that's what we have to hope in. We have to embrace those promises. When we see all these physical things beginning to happen and come near us, listen to what he said. And I'm in every place. These things are going to be in every place. But you need to know your place. Because a thousand may come at your right side and 10,000 at your right hand, but none of it will come near you to harm you. But you got to make sure you know your place. Where's my place? My place is a place of victory. Who is my victory? Jesus Christ. I'm keeping my mind stayed on him. I got a thousand things going on around me that's trying to tempt me to doubt God. 
A lot of people do that because the first thing they'll say, been believing until the storm coming, the first thing they're going to say, where was God when I needed him? Why did God let this happen? Mm, why did God let this happen? Sometimes they don't, they, they get delivered and free, Pastor Sharon, from blaming the devil. And then they get so bold, they'll start blaming God. They don't renew their mind now not to blame the devil anymore. But now they're blaming God. You know? And so we, 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 we have to renew our mind. Where did people get that from to blame God? You know? Because they heard other people, especially sometimes in church and other believers. When our conversation should always be keeping our mind stayed on God, promoting that kingdom agenda. Why? We're fighting from a position of victory, not for the victory. We're fighting a good fight of faith. We must be found faithful. I'm going to continue to be confident in the Lord all the way to the end. That's all the way I'm going to know what the end is going to be. And so he says, in every place there must be knowledge of the Savior. It's there, but a lot of times people forget because their storm is bigger than my storm. You know, theirs is physical, mine is spiritual. So we got to know all these storms affect us some kind of way. But we have to know, man, I can't let the, the negative wall be built in my mind where I lose focus of God. I got to think on those things that are from above, those things that come down from God when I need them. Let's go a little further here. Amen. Uh, in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 11, it says this, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, listen, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, big S right there in my Bible, for the law of the spirit of life, <clears throat> listen to this, in Christ Jesus <clears throat> hath made me free from the law of sin and death, all that stuff that goes on in my, my feelings, my soulish realm, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So it has no power with us anymore unless I give in to it. Only the power I give it and allow. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us through what Jesus Christ did. That's done, in, Okay who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's the key to my victory right there. It's possible, but I got to walk after it. I got to go after it in thought, in word, in deed, not a forget for here, but a doer of the work until I free myself, until I change the way I think. Keep on doing it. For they that are after the flesh, listen to this, y'all, do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. Listen now. For to be carnally minded is death. I die out to the will of God, the promises of God, the hopes of God. And before you know it, I start thinking because the enemy going to jump right on me that I might be better off dead. So everything else done died. Now I'm thinking about killing myself. That's crazy. You know, he said, that's what the carnal mind does. You know, the carnal mind, you know, for, the, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. 
but ye are not in the flesh. I need y'all to hear me right now. Ye are not in the flesh. If you're on this line, that means that believe you that means you believe you can get some help from God. You believe there's a word from God, so you are not in the flesh. You may feel some flesh, but you ain't in the flesh, but in the spirit. That's who drew you to this line. That's who's gonna help you because God's trying to free you in your mind. He is none of his. None of his means you ain't on this line, you somewhere else. But because you're on this line, that's your that's state. That's a statement. Your presence is a statement. And if you stay on this line, that's an even greater statement that begins to let Satan know that, hey, I've already submitted myself to God. And the Bible said he flees from you for a season. So you always want to keep him fleeing every day when he comes back to try to find you weak and, and, and going through the changes that you're going through. Want to monitor your conversation, want to see how much old baggage you pull back up so he can sit around, man, and use it to attack you and defeat you. But you keep getting on this line. You keep being persistent. Why? You know that being around Christian people, there just might be a chance that you might experience Christian deliverance. Because we ain't talking about the world. We ain't talking about Satan. We're talking about what God said, the promises of God. And he said, I want you to know that truth and that truth make you free. I want your mind renewed to what I'm talking about, what I got going on, what I can do. You know, not what has been done. You can't do nothing about that. Walk away from it, depart from it. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit, okay, is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So you already got Deuteronomy's power. And the Bible says in 1 John 4 and 4, greater is he that is within you than he that is in this world. That's why you can't conform to the things of this world, but you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus ain't going no willingness trying to fight with Satan until he had been in that temple learning, spent his whole 30 years, man, before he was baptized and sealed and filled with the Holy Ghost, ready to, now he was ready to go. Face whatever because he knew what was written. Don't be in this world, man, and not spend some time finding out what's written, what, what God has already promised you. Renew your mind to that. Amen. We're getting ready to bring it in here. Let me give you one more scripture for this morning's session. Uh, that's coming out of the book of Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4. And it says, For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies, to save you, to save you. You got to acknowledge it because you don't physically see God. I've been in God's word and I saw what God promised. And that's good enough for me because I'm going to stand on what he promised because faithful is God who made us precious promises. He's not a man that he should lie. He's going to bring every one of those promises back to us at the needed time. If I yield myself to the leading of the Holy Ghost, that's what his job is, is to bring everything that this word has taught us. What is written, it is written. I got to get in the habit of thinking that it's written. And then let, it, let the Holy Ghost drive me to go investigate and find out where it's written at. So I, I'll know that it's there. I need that confirmation. I need that affirmation. Why? I might need to declare that when I get attacked. Instead of declaring my attack, I'm going to declare that. I'm going to declare that promise. Lord, you're with me. You're right here to fight my battle. Lord, I cast this upon you right now. And then the other times I might be able to say, wait a minute, what if I bind on this earth? It's bound in heaven. I bind that thought. I bind it. I arrest it. And then tell your thoughts. I bring you right back over here where you need to be, thinking on those things that are good, honest, true, and lovely. 
And if there be any virtue, there be any praise, I'm going to think on those things. God, you said you blessed me in the city. Bless. So you got to begin to get that, get that war mentality using the weapons of your warfare that are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold, every high thing, trying to exalt itself. Amen. Trying to exalt itself. Okay, one last scripture. That's out of the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10 through 18, King James Bible. I love this, Pastor Eric. He, he taught so profoundly on this so many times, and he's still teaching now. But, I, but God took me back here uh, yesterday when I was thinking. I said, man, I got to get this in. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Listen to this, y'all. Put on the whole armor of God. Don't leave no cracks in your wall because it says that ye may be able, listen, to stand against the wiles of the devil. All them different ways he tried to come and attack you. Old photos, old pictures, old habits, old ideas, old things from the past. All those wiles of the devil because that's all he has. He don't have anything else. Okay. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. All this stuff out here in the air, man, that attacks our feelings, our emotions, our eyes. He's up in the air, man. He's disembodied. He's a disembodied spirit. He's looking for somebody that's weak and vulnerable that he can come in and possess and influence to carry out his purposes. He controls all of that. Okay. But above him, there is God who controls everything to include him. Against powers, we're fighting against powers, a lot of different powers out there, evil powers. Come on, y'all, emotional powers. There's a lot of powers out there, flesh to the, lust of the flesh, lust of that pride of life. A lot of powers out there struggling for victory in our life. We're, we're to deny it, though. He says against the rulers of the darkness of this world, there is darkness out there. Isaiah said in Isaiah 60, he said, look, the earth is covered with darkness. Tell my spiritual wickedness, y'all. All kinds of evil running around out there, just waiting to latch on to somebody, to possess somebody. Demonic influence everywhere. Little imps and wimps out there, fiery darts all over the place, you know, just trying to get in your mind, just trying to get you to doubt God, just trying to attack you. So there, 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 there's, there's rulers of the darkness. They rule in that area, but we're not walking in that area. We're walking away from that area because God has to separate us from it. Against spiritual wickedness in high places, we see that, man. God knows we do with our visible eyes. We know it's there. It's because they don't know nothing else. They don't know no other way because until they come into the contact with the gospel of Jesus Christ and their eyes become open and enlightened, there's no light. You know, Psalms 119 and 160 at the entrance of 130 says, at the entrance of that word, it gives it light. They don't have the word of God. They counsel each other. You know, they're bringing out a constitution and all that when we're fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places. Right. And they're a part of it. They've given in to it. Come on. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your lungs girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet showered with the perspiration of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And so, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning, Lord God, that you allowed us, Lord God, this morning to take a minute, Father, and just 
reflect on how do we win over these spiritual strongholds. We've been empowered and emboldened right now. And Father, we're praying in the name of Jesus that your word has gone out and it has fallen on ears that are willing to hear what the spirit of God is saying to the church this morning. We're praying that even as we ministered your word and expounded on your word, that the power of your word was actually blowing down walls that are in the minds of your people. We thank you that the word went out. It will not come back void. It is collapsing walls right now. It is breaking chains right now. It is delivering and freeing your people right now, God. And so we thank you and we praise you. They're regaining their ability to think, Lord God, on those things, oh God, that are good and honest and true because they understand how powerful these things are that there, that there be any virtue, there be any praise, that they have any strength left, that they think on these things, that their hearts and their minds may be kept right now. <clears throat> As we live in a time, God, where there's so much gross darkness everywhere, gross darkness on the people. It's all around us. There's powers that have been released against us. There's spiritual wickedness right now mounting up. God has found a voice in heavenly places. But, Father, today we pull down those strongs. So we bind the strong man right now in the name of Jesus. And his goods are spoiled right now. And your goods, oh, Lord God, is what occupies our mind right now. And we think on those things that are good, not the things of the world that make us feel good. Good, but only disappointments in the long run. So as we wait on you this morning, Father, as others out there that are waiting on you, some waited to get on this line to hear a word this morning, and we're praying that even right now, strongholds in their minds are being weakened. We're praying right now, God, that this has come as a blow, like a blow to the wall, God, like an a, 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 a iron ball that's swinging, demolishing buildings and tearing them down. We're praying that even right now, this word has went forth as a hammer, and it's hammering those walls down that have been built up in the minds of your people, and they're beginning to look over the wall and they're beginning to see, God, that I can rise up and scale this wall. I can be free. I can come out of my abundance. I can, I can let, let it go this morning, and I can embrace the things of God this morning. So, Father, we thank and praise you right now that minds have been renewed this morning because they heard this word. We thank you right now that faith has begun to swell up inside of them because they heard this word, and there's a fresh dawning, a dawning like a new day springing forth right now. And, Father, I hear him in the Spirit saying, I got this. I can do this. Never again will I look back and put my hand to the plow, but I'm going to press to the mark. I'm going to press forward toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Father, they're finding firm footing this morning. I thank and praise you this morning that this message will reach God, all of those minds out there right now that are torn between two opinions. And God, they're beginning to lose focus. They're not thinking on your thoughts toward them, but your thoughts toward them as we call it this morning in, 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 in the book of Jeremiah 29 11. God, you said it's your thoughts. You know your thoughts toward us. They're good, Lord God. They're not thoughts of evil. They're thoughts of peace that bring us to an expected end to give us a hope in the future. And so, Father, we're praying right now that strongholds are being destroyed, they're being pulled down, busted up, crushed up, treaded upon this morning. Your people are coming free, Lord God, because they heard the word of God. So we thank you that your word is going out this morning. It will not come back, boy. We're declaring by the power of the Holy Ghost this morning because your word has come forth, Lord God, right now that people are winning, God. They're believing they're winning. They're winning in their minds. They're winning in their thoughts. And the Holy Ghost is helping them right now. The Holy Ghost is sealing this word. The Holy Ghost right now is filling them with this word. The Holy Ghost right now is filling them with this self, filling them with power. The Holy Ghost is reminding them right now that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, and there's nothing out there that can separate you from the love of God. Your enemy has been defeated by the blood of Jesus, yeah. by his marriage, his death, his burial on that cross. He's given you the victory. God has given it to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our victory is now. And so, Father, we thank and praise that your people today will walk out of 
those dungeons in their mind. They'll walk out of those double places where they've got thoughts of this and thoughts of that. And God, they'll walk in the singleness of mind this morning, being led by your spirit, lining up with your word, having their minds renewed, knowing now, yes, God, yes. that you have made us precious promises, not to be perfect, but to be faithful until the end so that we might see what the end is going to be. So we give you praise, glory, and honor right now, God, for letting the mind of Christ Jesus, we letting the mind of Christ Jesus be in our minds right now as we put on the whole arm of God, that we might be shielded and protected from all the wiles of the adversary as he goes to and fro. We render every attempt of him right now, powerless humbles and faith against your people. And God, I thank you this morning for renewing every mind this morning, freeing it this morning, helping to think on those things that are above and keep their minds stayed on you that they may have perfect peace according to your word in Isaiah 26 and 3. Father, we seal this word this morning. We declare it. Gone out, it will not come back, boy, until they do what you please. The purpose of what you sent it, in Jesus' name, we pray this morning. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, praise the name of the Lord Jesus, from whom all blessings flow. I give God glory, honor, and praise. I magnify his holy name. For our God, he's worthy of the praise and the honor. I just want to take the time to acknowledge his greatness because I think it's very important to acknowledge the greatness of God. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. Yes, I just want to acknowledge the greatness of God. He is God Almighty. Above him, there is no other. He is creator and possessor of the heavens and of the earth. And I'm telling you that whatever our God says, that's exactly what it is. You know, sometimes um, you hear some people, they become powerful in their own mind, but they're doing nothing but lying to themselves. Our God is a great God. He is supreme. There's none like him. I don't care who you are. You cannot, you cannot come against our God because he is almighty. And I love him. I thank him. I give him glory, honor, and praise. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. It all belongs to you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. Well, as you all know, I've been teaching from the book of Philippians. Uh, I'm actually on the fourth chapter. That's where I'll be starting tonight. Philippians 4 and 1. That's where I'm going to start. And, and if you have followed the theme of the book of Philippians, it talks a lot about the peace of God, uh, to be joyous in God, the joy of the Lord, you know, because you got to know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
And if you're not joyous in the Lord and you're not a partaker, see, you got to partake of the Lord's joy. It's totally up to you. You can think about how bad it is. You can, you can get down like the pigs and wallow in what's going wrong in your life. Or you can stand firm and partake of the joy of the Lord. I choose for myself to partake of the joy of the Lord, for that is my strength. And that's why sometimes people will find themselves being so weak when they're going through things because they haven't partaken of the joy of the Lord. And so here, uh, as we get started on chapter four, I want you to remember the theme and what Paul continuously go back to and talk to the Philippians about God's peace, about God's joy, about the fact that God is our Father and who we are in Christ Jesus. So I just want you to keep that in mind because I don't ever want these outward conditions to change what's in our heart. And that's what you have to be sure of. And that's what you have to put foremost in your life what God have placed in your heart. Not the outward conditions, because they can change. But our God, he never changes. He's always the same. He's always great. He's always mighty. You know, and so we have to keep that in mind, no matter what happens in this world. I mean, does anybody think COVID-19 took God by surprise? Does anybody think that God said, whoops, what is that? Absolutely not. Our God already knew what was going to happen way before we knew. Way before there was any inkling of what was about to happen. And so uh, understand, just because we don't know and we don't realize, that doesn't mean God don't. It's all under control. God does not allow anything to happen that he says no to. If it happened, he allowed it to happen. Am I saying he did this? Absolutely not. But what I am saying, he allowed it to happen. So let's go ahead and get started. Remember, we're in the book of Philippians the fourth chapter, and we will start at verse number one. And it reads, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Now, I want us to take note here. Paul is greeting them in the fourth chapter. He said, my brethren, dearly beloved, not only, listen, not only are we brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus because we've all given our lives to him, but listen, I also love you. You are loved by me, not only by God, but you're loved by me as well, my dearly beloved. He said, and I long for you. I long to be in your presence. I miss you. He said, my joy and my crown. In other words, you're like a 
diamond to me, set on my head, all for all the world to see. He says, stand fast, not on your own, but in the Lord, my dearly beloved. What a greeting from a fellow brother in Christ. Hallelujah. I mean, what does it take for us to greet our brothers and sisters that way? What does it take for us to show that love to each other? The world don't love us, so we surely need to love each other. Nobody can understand what a Christian is going through but another Christian. No one really knows how it is to be hated because you love Christ Jesus, but someone else who is hated because they love Christ Jesus. And so Paul is so glad to be able to write this letter to his brothers and sisters who he know is going through some of the same things that he goes through. Then we move on to verse 2. I beseech you, Edios, and beseech sent let me see. I made a note. Let me get these names right. Because you know what? I made a note of how to pronounce these names. The two people here talking to here, Eodius and Sentki. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Practice make perfect. Eodius and Sinki. These are two women. And they had served and worked with Paul. But in this scripture, if you go back and you read some of the commentaries, this, these are two sisters in Christ that has a disagreement. It was an argument going on between them. And nowhere in here does it actually tell you what their disagreement was about. But listen what Paul encouraged them to do. He said, that they be of the same mind, listen to this, in the Lord. He didn't say at work. He didn't say on the conference call. He didn't say on FaceTime live. He said in the Lord. Let me tell you, a brother and a sister in Christ, two brothers, two sisters in Christ, if we're siblings in Christ, we ought to be able to have the same mind in the Lord. When you can't agree on nothing else, we should be able to agree on the word. When nothing else bring us together, you live in one way, I'm living another. But we should be able to agree on the word. You see, some people think it's okay. Have a lot, drive a big, fine car, and then some people think being saved, I should be poor and very low. If, you, if your beliefs are that far apart, they ought to be able to meet in the middle when it comes to the Lord. <laughs> because if I believe the word and you believe the word, then that means we're believing the same thing. And so here he he encouraged them. He said, "Get out of get out of yourselves and come together. Be of the same mind of the Lord." Verse three said, "And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellows." Now, Pastor, 
in one of his teachings not long ago, I believe it was Pastor, I don't know if it was Pastor Lester or Pastor Eric, but he talked about that yoke that bind animals together. You know, when you had two oxen and you plow in the land, you would put the yoke on each one to keep them together, to bring synergy of their powers together, their strength, so they could uh, go ahead and till the yard. And see here, when we are yoked together, when we are yoked fellow, meaning in the word or in the work of the Lord. See, that's what we're yoked together on. He said, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. With Clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. So here Paul is leaving out all those other people who just say they're coming along. But he said who are in the book of life, meaning true believers who are called of God and who are saved by God. Here, you know, it is, it is so important that we begin to understand that the word of God and trusting in God and living God's word means more than anything. You know, when I worked, I went to work to help provide for my family. That did not, my job did not state exactly, that wasn't the sum of me, I'll put it that way. All that I thought good about myself didn't lie in the job I worked. But I tell you what I'm doing now, this is the sum of me. The word of God, learning, teaching, becoming a part of God's word enveloping myself in his spirit, giving me unto him. This is who I am. This is who I've become. The job did not define me, but the word of God defines me. And so here, Paul is saying, you got to really know who's who. You got to know who the true laborers are. Am I telling you to judge people? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, because we're not to judge. Uh, we're going to leave that up to God. We're definitely going to leave it up to him. But I, I do realize this one thing, that when people give all they have, and I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about their lives to Jesus, those are true laborers. Those are true laborers. And he says, um, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is a theme you see through this book. Why? Because Paul knew that there was work to be done. And it wasn't going to always be easy. He knew it was many people against them. They were not for them, but he knew it was going to take the joy of the Lord to give them the strength to endure and go through. And I'm telling you, saints, you are robbing yourself of your strength and your power if you don't indulge yourself in the joy of the Lord. 
I'm joyful of the Lord. You know why? Because he's given me everything that pertained to life and godliness. Oh, he has provided a way for me out of no way. He has already done that for me. And most of all, he has saved my soul. My name is written in the Lamb's book, and I'm so thankful for that. And he's put a word in my mouth that I can share with someone else. I can give them what I've been given. Come on now. I can tell them about the goodness of the Lord. Not I'm not saving them, but I can lead them to the one that will save them. Come on. And this is what we have to know that we have to offer. I don't go in a room with my head down like I have nothing to offer. You know why? Because I know I have plenty to offer. I can introduce you to the one who can save your soul. That's life-giving. And so here I rejoice. Not only does he say it one, rejoice in the Lord always. There is not a day that's so bad that you shouldn't rejoice in the Lord that day. He said always. He didn't say just when your bank account is north $5,000 or north $50,000. He said always. And again, even after you've rejoiced, when you had nothing, continue to rejoice. Mm, mm, mm. Again, I say rejoice. Verse 5 said, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now you look at this. He said, let your moderation. So many times we look at others and try to decide how their moderation should be. He said, but let your moderation. Because how many of you know that a person will learn more from you by your actions than by your words? You can tell people, tone it down. You know, maybe you need to be a little more humble. But if you're not a humble person, who are you to tell me to be humble? Our actions speak louder than the words that come out of our mouth. And we have to be so sure that we're showing Christ to people. We've got to be sure that when they look at us, they're seeing Christ. Let your gentleness, in other words, let, let it be known unto all men let your sweetness why because god have been gentle with us you know i was thinking about we want to go badger and beat people down and just make them be saved but you know what as long as someone treated us that way we didn't want to hear what they had to say and i gotta tell you it was through love and kindness that the lord drew me and that's what I want to be able to show, to draw others. So he said, let your moderation, let your gentleness be known unto all man, men. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. He's at hand. He's at hand, brothers and sisters. Verse 6 said, 
being careful for nothing. In other words, don't you worry about a thing. That word careful means to worry or be overly concerned with. Don't be worried about a thing. Not one thing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, listen to this, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at it. Now, this word prayer here means to commune with God. In other words, he said, by prayer, in other words, my communication with God, and supplication, which is a verb, means to, to plead humbly, uh, to apply to any situation in which you must entreat someone, meaning God, who's in a very powerful position. When you're entreating them for help or for favor. So see, when I say supplication, I don't go in there and tell God what he better give me. I go into prayer knowing that God can say yay or nay, and whatever he say, that's what goes. But I want him to give me favor. So I got to think about how I go in there and how I present myself to him. Number one, the bottom line, he knows it. I know it. Whatever he says, I'm going to live with it. I'm going to accept it. You know why? Because that's the way it is. But I love what it says. It goes on after saying by prayer and supplication, listen to this, with thanksgiving, in other words, being thankful, listen to this, let your requests be made known unto God. So you already given thanksgiving before you are let him know what your request is. In other words, God, I thank you if you give it to me and I thank you if you don't. You see, here we've got to understand that it's God. He's God. I'm his child. I'm a subject under him, a child of his, whom I know God loves me. So if God said no to something I'm asking for, I believe with everything within me that it's for my best. It's for my best. God is for us. He's not against us. God wants only good for us. He does not want evil. What did he say in Matthew? He said, if you earthly fathers can give good gifts to your son, how much more do your heavenly father want to give good to his children? And I know God loves us. I know he loves me. And I know he want to do good for me. But doing good for me sometimes means saying no. Because some of the things I wanted in my life, they were not good for me. See, listen. We don't need God to bring us out of a bad situation because we made the best decision. Understand, if you find yourself in these bad situations, always with people who using and abusing you, okay, 
understand you made some bad decisions. And if it happens over and over and over again, you continue to make bad decisions. If you're always, your finances always messed up. You always in need. You're making bad decisions about your money. If I find myself that way, I am making bad decisions about my finances. And so if I always need God to pull me out of a hole, who do you think is putting me in the hole? I know some of you thinking the devil. No, the devil wasn't the one who swiped the credit card. The devil isn't the one that have 10 or 20 dresses in the closet, price tag, still on them, still buying stuff we can't afford. Be honest with yourself. That's you. That's me. We have to be clear and honest with ourselves. But here we see in verse 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. So when you line your understanding up there, the peace of God is so far. It has passed yours and my understanding. This is what shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. This is why it's important for us to partake of God's peace. This is why it's important for us to allow God to be God in our lives. Because when I allow God to be God in my life, I don't put my car, my house, my husband, my children, my job as God. I have God as God, Jehovah, Almighty God. He's God in my life then the peace he brings, because that's a part of who he is, see? He is Jehovah Shalom. Peace be with you. That's who he is. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. He's so far past what I, in my little mind, can understand. It should keep my heart and my mind. Through Christ Jesus. I love what it says. My heart and my mind. My way of thinking. And even the essence of who I am. Which lies in my heart. Thank you Jesus. I love verse 8. Verse 8 said. Finally brethren. Oh Jesus. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things, come on now, are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think. On these things. Oh, Jesus. Let's take a look at that. Look at the things he named. He said things which are true. Things which are honest. Things which are just. Things which are pure. Things which are lovely. Things that be of a good report. 
These are the things that we need to be thinking on. And so as I thought about these things, I said, what's true in my life? You know what's true in my life? Jesus is Lord. <laughs> I don't care what happened. I don't care how good it is, how bad it is, what life brings, what life takes away. Jesus is Lord. Now that's what's true. What's honest in my life? I got to be honest with myself. I got to be honest with where I am in life, my shortcomings, the good qualities. I have to be honest with me. Listen, y'all, it ain't always somebody else's fault. What's just in my life? I'm justified by the Lord Jesus Christ. What's pure? His love for me is pure. What's lovely? My relationship with the Lord. Ooh, the most loveliest, beautiful thing I've ever seen. What is a good report? Hmm? What's a good report? Jesus have all power. Oh, that's a good report. Because, see, the Bible says, whose report will you believe? When they bring me a report saying that, my body is full of disease, then whose report will I believe? I'm going to believe that Jesus is a healer. Come on. The next time somebody tell me to go to hell, you know what I'm going to believe? Jesus have rescued me from hell. Come on. So these things are what I choose to believe. In, in, in this scripture. But I want you to decide what's true to you. What's honest to you? What's just? What's pure? What's lovely? What's of a good report? And these are the things that you need to start thinking on. He said, if there be any virtue, that word virtue means strength or power. If there's any strength of power left in you, and if there be any praise, you make yourself, you take all the power that you can muster up, all the strength. I don't care how bad your day have been. I don't care what has happened during the day, what bad news you got. But these are the things that you need to think on. These are the things that I need to think on. And in thinking on them, I need to praise him. I need to give God praise because God, no matter what happened today, who got lost, who I've lost, uh, who, who, what bill I got in the mail, Jesus, you still Lord. And I praise you for being Lord. Yes, I do, Lord. So here we see. We've got to learn how to take the word of God and put it in action, put it in motion. It's not enough to just to talk about it all the time and quote some scriptures, but we got to start living these scriptures that we quote. How is it that we can quote this scripture to God, but then every time something happens, we pull back? Don't nobody hear from you for two or three weeks. 
Anybody know what happened to sister so-and-so? Anybody know what happened to brother so-and-so? Don't come to church no more. Don't, the pastors hadn't heard from you. It's amazing. Sometimes you call the saints. They won't answer your call. They won't call you back. Not that I feel I'm somebody special that you have to. But I'm just thinking, I mean, you you were running last week. And now you dropped so far off the, out of the race, I don't even see you now. And that's not consistent with who God have called us to be. Let me tell you something. We don't drop out. You know what the Bible said? said when you've done all you could do to stand, then you stand. You still stand. One thing about it, when we don't find ourselves moving forward, we shouldn't find ourselves dropping back. God have given us the strength and the virtue. That's why he said, if you find, if you have any virtue, any strength, any praise, these are the things you've got to think on and you have to imply and implore in your life. Because I got to tell you this, our children who are coming behind us, they know if my parent kept going because they trusted in Jesus or if every time something happened, they didn't get out the bed for a week. They quit on the Lord. We have to make that stand. One thing I could say about my parents, they still called on the name of Jesus no matter what was going on. I remember my dad, he was sick, he had cancer. And I remember how sickly he was, but he and my mom had eight children. And my mom worked part-time. And you can't take care of eight children on a part-time job. And my dad would be so sick, had the little bucket there, he'd be vomiting, he'd rest a minute, then he'll get up, he'll hold on to the wall, and he'll just be talking to the Lord as he made his way out the door so he could go out there and work on a car and try to make some extra money. I knew he was sick, but I also knew he called on the name of the Lord. That taught me something. And even after he passed away and my mom was there, she continued to call on the name of the Lord. And so it wasn't far-fetched for me to believe in the power of God, that no matter what, how hard your time may be, God will see you through. Not only see you through, he will bring you through. And see, these are life lessons we can teach our children. I don't care. You might have to grit your teeth and stand and keep going and make yourself put one foot in front of the other. But I guarantee you, if you would just, if you would put the effort there, God will give you the strength. I know he will. I know he will. Praise you, Jesus. Verse number nine. Those things which ye have both learned and received. See, this is what I'm talking about. Paul is telling them what they've learned and received from him. But you got to look at the people that God have put in your life as an example. 
He said that you've learned and received and heard and seen, Paul says, in him, in me. Do and the God of peace shall be with you. You just got to do it. If you've seen him do it, if you've seen saints before you call on the name of Jesus and you've seen how God have brought them through, then you've got to do the same thing because you must understand not only are you doing this for yourself, but you're setting an example for your children. You're setting an example. You are teaching the newer generation, the younger generation, how to count on the Lord. And we cannot find ourselves caught up where when our children, and, and, and see, this is why we get so mad with them. Some of the things that we have found in ourselves when we see it in them, oh, it makes us so mad. We want to jump up and, and grab a belt or a switch and we want to spank them. But we're only angry because we're seeing our own shortfalls. But God said we don't have to be that way. Oh, Father, I just want to thank you, Jesus. I want to give you glory and honor, Father. I thank you for the word that's gone forth. I thank you, God. How you blessed us with your word. Oh, Father, you have sent Jesus to be our example. And what an example he has set for us. The love he's shown the compassion he's shown, not only to his people, but as the word says, he reigns on the just and the unjust. And no matter what, he has shown love. And Father, I just want to thank you. And I want to be an example. I want you to help us, God, each and every one of us, everyone under the sound of my voice, help us to set good examples. Oh, that we don't grow weary in well-doing, but we continue to fight this fight of faith, a good fight of faith, Lord, holding on to our Lord and Savior and the example that he has set before set before us Father help us to apply this word to our lives help us Jesus help us to stand strong help us to rejoice in the Lord and again I say rejoice for the joy of the Lord is our strength God the more we rejoice, the stronger we become. I thank you for that strength from on high, God. I thank you for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Oh, that God's our heart and our minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father. Thank you for helping us, God, that whatsoever things that are true, whatsoever things that are honest, whatsoever things that are just, 
whatsoever things that are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Father, if there be any virtue, any strength, any power, any at all, and if there be any praise, help us to think on these things, God. Help us, God, that our minds and our hearts will not be filled with fear, but they'll be filled with you, O oh Lord. I love you and I thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>